ஹலோ அண்ட் வெல்கம் டு சங்கம் லிட் திஸ் இஸ் நந்தினி கார்கி அண்ட் இன் திஸ் எபிசோட் வி பர்சீவ் அ கிங்ஸ் ஆக்ஷன்ஸ் இன் அ வார் ஆஸ் போர்ட்ரேட் இன் சங்கம் லிட்ரரி ஒர்க் புறநானூறு சிக்ஸ்டீன் பெண்ட் அபவுட் த சோலா கிங் ராசு சூயம் வேட்ட பெருனர் கிள்ளி பை த போயட் பண்டரங் கண்ணனார் set in the category of vanjitinai or a king's prowess in the battlefield the verse talks about the ruin brought about on enemy lands vinai maatchiya virai puraviyodu malai uruvina thol parappi munai murunga thalai chendru avar vilai vayal cover pooti manai maram viragu aaga kadithurai neer kaliru padi ellupadaitta suduthi vilakkam selchudar nyayittru chekkarin thondra pulam keda irukkum varambil thaanai துணை வேண்டா செரு வென்றி புலவுவாள் புலர்ச்சாந்தின் முருகச் சீற்றத்து உருகெழு குரிசில் மயங்கு வள்ளை மலர் ஆம்பல் பனிப்பகன்றை கணிப்பாகல் கரும்பு அல்லது காடு அறியா பெருந்தன் பனைப்பாள் ஆக ஏமனல் நாடு ஒல் எரி ஊட்டினை நாமனல் அமர் செய்ய ஓராங்கு மலைந்தன பெரும நின்களிரே திஸ் சாங் purely focuses on what a king does in the battlefield not as a portrait of him as we have seen in the songs of padantinai thus far but as an elaboration of his actions the poet's words describing this chola king in the battlefield can be translated as follows on speedy horses killed in their work spreading a leather saddle in the hue of clouds making enemy line shiver racing forward towards their fertile lands you plunder them you send elephants to well guarded water tanks then turning wood of houses into firewood you set fire the glowing light of which appears in the crimson hues of the setting sun without a spot of space to be in limitless spreads your army and so you win battles without any need for the aid of allies with the flesh smelling sword dried sandalwood paste and the fury of lord murugu appears your magnificent form o king the lush and moist farmlands that know not what forests are but only know field bind wheat blooming pink water lily winter's blue rattlepod bitter melon fruit and sugarcane ruining all this you set ablaze the well protected fine country to perform the task of waging war efficiently as one they all fight together those elephants of yours o lord Let's delve into the intricacies of this ancient action segment. The poet starts by sketching a scene where soldiers are rushing on fast horses mounted on saddles that look like clouds as they speed towards the lush fields in the enemy nation with the intention of destroying them. Enemy's food supply now being targeted. Next in line should be water and as expected, battle elephants are sent to make the well-guarded pond waters murky and polluted. Adding that the king's army was so huge in number that seemed limitless to the eyes, the poet narrates how the troops of allies having no place to be returned back. a unique way of saying that although many were ready to extend their support the king needed help from no one to win his battles 
At this moment, the poet presents a brief portrait of the king sketching how he can be seen with a flesh-reeking sword in hand, with the sandalwood on his chest dried in his exploits and appearing with the rage of God Murugu himself. Using the very wood of the houses in the enemy country, the king's army then sets fire and the reddish light of that blaze reminds one of the twilight sky when the sun bids by. The poet then reveals what they are setting fire to by pointing in the direction of lush agricultural lands, which he describes as not knowing forests. That is an intricate observation, which tells us that this land has long ago been turned into a farmland and has been for generations under the plough. This is not some freshly cleared forest track where agriculture is just being begun, but a well-established farmland, an indicator of the prosperity of the king who owns the same. To make the point even clearer, the poet talks about how these field lands know not of the wild, but only tame plants like the bindweed, water lily, rattle pods, melon fruits and most importantly, the prime crop of sugar cane. But what's the use? No matter how prosperous a yield those fields give, now they lay a prey to the king's torches reduced to ashes. The poet concludes with the words that to fulfill all these intentions of the king at war, his army of elephants work together as one. Fire, red, ruin, flesh and blood. These are the elements that this poem evokes in us. As in the case of Aham poems, when we wondered why song after song speaks of the pining of a woman in love, now the question arises in Puran poetry as to why in song after song battles and bloodshed are being described. Is it only in praise of the king's prowess in the battlefield? Or could it be a subtle way of revealing the dire consequences of the king's actions in the enemy land in the hope of reducing its magnitude? The next time over, we have no answers for these questions on intent, but we do have this content of history nudging us to question the need for wars and bloodshed. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sangam Lit and journeying with me to ancient lands and mines. Please visit nandanikarki.com to share your thoughts and do spread the word about Sangam Lit. Until next time. Nandri Vanakkam